Today we're in part three of this called series and the, the big title was going to be that we are called to God. Just as a recap, if you're just joining us, uh, we've, we've been covering a bit of ground over the first two weeks. We've, we've been talking about that we are all called, that uh, God has an intention, a purpose, a, a callings over our lives. Every single one of us are called, and we want to live life in such a way that shows that we are chosen and that we're faithful to those calls in our life because there's that beautiful picture at the end of Revelation, Revelation 17, those who are with the Lamb are the called the chosen and the faithful. And man, we want to be among those people. Our callings are multidimensional as we try to answer that big question. Well, what's my calling then, God? It's important to know that they're multidimensional. And today we're going to begin looking at it from different angles and discover the different elements of our calling. And we know and this is really like the heart that I want for every single person. And we know that when we, when we understand our multidimensional calling from God, uh, something amazing happens. It's every season and every place and sphere we find ourselves in life, all of a sudden we'll be filled with a sense of purpose in those places and we'll have a sense of God's presence. And that's what I want for every person because God wants you to live with a sense of purpose and presence in every season and in every area you find yourself in in your life. And last week, this was a really important starting place, that we are called by God. We're not called by our heart, by our dreams. It's not life under self. It's life under God, and we have to start with Him. Uh, Proverbs uh, 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning or the foundation of wisdom. And just when we start with the Lord, when we realize we're called by Him, that's the place, life under Him, open and humble under Him, that God can begin to speak to us and direct us of what he always intended for our lives. Today, before we get into the, the, the dimension of God's calling that we're going to talk about, I want to introduce a new concept when it comes to our callings, and that's that our callings need cultivating. We've been moving house this week, and uh, hopefully, you know, if you ever see us post um, photos of it, just know uh, it's really nice. God has blessed us, but we were able to swap out for our old house that we'd bought 13 years ago. So just in case it's got a pull, so if we ever, like, post anything, don't get upset. We're not misusing the money. We're just literally the Lord's allowed us to bless, uh, allowed us to just swap out our house for something so awesome for this next season of our family life. We're very thankful to Him, but as we've been moving, uh, I realized we have a lot of Lego in our house. And I don't know about your house, but we have so much Lego. We got the Lego from when I was a kid. I love Lego. And uh, our kids love Lego. The thing I love about Lego is it's one of those few gifts that comes to you. It's one of those few things that you can buy, but then you've got to do something with it. It's sort of like buying a model to build or a project or something like that. And I love that when it comes to us, it comes as pieces to be formed into what it's intended to be. And our callings are very much like that. They don't arrive fully formed. They don't come to us from God like in the complete package ready to just begin using. They actually come in a way that needs to be put together. In fact, Lego probably wouldn't be the 
the best metaphor for it. A seed would be the best metaphor for it. And the seed of our callings doesn't come with like an instruction manual, but it definitely comes with some instructions or some suggestions, like plant the seed of your calling in the right garden, put it in the right soil, give it some full sunlight, uh, you know, plant it close to others that are of a similar sort of ilk and calling and see what happens. And we need to understand this, that our callings need to be cultivated in our lives. It's not just about what God wants to do this month or this year in our lives. If we want to experience the fruit of the kingdom, we actually, things come to us in seed form and as we cultivate it and as we're patient with it, it comes into these full-blown like, oh, there's your calling. It's obvious, but it normally starts as a seed, cultivating our callings. Luke 8.15, Jesus is telling the parable of the sower. If you haven't heard it before, go and read from Luke 8 verse 1. But Luke 8.15, it says, as for that that's in the good soil, the seed that's in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word of God, receiving what God has for their life, hold, far, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Jesus has been talking about how sometimes the seed of our callings, the seed of the word of God in our lives comes to some people and birds come and swoop in and they take it away. He's talking about some other seeds, it doesn't find good root. And so the seasons, the desert seasons, the hard seasons in life cause, cause it to wither. And he's doing, talking about some seed sort of sprouts up, but it's, the garden's not weeded. And so it looks like a good plant, but it never bears fruit. And that's the distractions of this world. And I want to say when it comes to our calling, we want to bear long-term fruit. We want to bear fruit of what God has seeded in us. We don't want the birds to swoop in. We don't want the different seasons to cause us to wither. And we don't want the distractions of this world to cause us to have all the form of a Christian with none of the fruit of the Christian life. So we need to be people that look at our callings with the long-term fruit, with patience, to cultivate the different elements of our callings that we're going to discuss over the next few weeks will require keeping our hearts clean, will require keeping ourselves focused and aimed on what matters most, and it will require, above all else, patience, just walking faithfully with God over the long term, that cannot be underestimated enough. Look, many people start this Christian journey, but do not finish it. Let's not be among those. Let's not be among them. They let offense, maybe they let isolation, maybe they let distraction, maybe they just fail to put first things first so other idols in their life rise up. We don't want to be among them. We want to cultivate our callings in God in such a way that they go stronger through every season because I think that's what God has for us. So let's sort of cut to the chase and let's move to our first dimension of our calling from God. We're called by God. We're, we're called. We're called by God. That's been the first two weeks. Today, we're talking about our, our first calling and it is the most important dimension of our calling. It is our primary calling. It is the most important calling in our life. And it's this, that we're called to God. We're called to know Him and we're called to become like Him. Let's turn to Philippians 3 verse 7 and, and through to verse 16. I encourage you to reflect on the Scripture during the week because there's so much depth in this that God wants to speak to us through that we don't have time to pull it all apart today. Philippians 3 verse 7. 
I'm reading from the ESV. But whatever, I, whatever gain I had, Paul says, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. I love this bit, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and I might share in his sufferings and become like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or that I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, this first and foremost thing, forget what lies behind, strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Let those who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What a powerful piece of scripture. What a powerful revelation Paul has given us about our callings. Some context. Paul had a lot. The writer of that book of Philippians, he had a lot. He was highly esteemed. He had Roman and Hebrew citizenship. He had the ultimate passports and rights in his day. Very hard things to get. He was the chosen people of God. He was born into that lineage. Not only that, he was elite in that culture. He, when he walked into rooms, everybody looked and whispered and said, there's Paul, there's that amazing. Like he was very highly esteemed. He lived morally upright. He was blameless in his life, more or less. And in his culture, in his day, as far as people having it all, he had it all. Whatever it means to have it all in our culture, Paul had it all in his culture. He had, he had the fame, he had the knowledge, he had the relationships, he had the status, he had the stuff, he had it all. And did you hear what he said? But all of that is loss compared to the call to know God and to become like him. Everything he's attained that looks of value to anyone in his life, he said it's rubbish compared to knowing God and becoming like him. He said, I just want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his sufferings and I want to become like him in my life. And in this, we discover yours, my, every human being's primary call in our lives. If you want to say, what's the call of God in my life? This is the place we all need to start. Our call is to God. It's to know Him and become like Him. It's what Paul's referring to as the upward call that he's leaving everything behind for and he's striving on towards this upward call of God to know God and to become like Him. Everything else is secondary. 
everything else is peripheral to this first call. It's relationship with God himself. I don't know if um, we can put up the model. Hopefully we can put that up. You might not see me for a sec, but you'll see this instead. And you've got the circles. And, and, and this is what we're doing. We're starting in the outside and we're working our way in. The primary call is to God himself with our whole life, to take our life and go, we want to we know you and we want to become like you. This is the first part of our calling. I love that Paul had this attitude even though he knew him already. We can take that down now. Even though he knew him already and was becoming like him. There was more to know. He hadn't fully grabbed hold of it, what Paul was saying. I love that. He hadn't fully grabbed hold of the reason God had grabbed hold of him. So he presses on and he suggests all who are mature Want to need to have the same attitude or want to be mature, need to have the same attitude. Here's what I want to say to us today that part of having a relationship with Jesus, I know many of us do, and if you don't have one yet, God would love to have a relationship with you. But many of us, we have a relationship with Jesus and we've attained it by faith through the grace of God expressed through Jesus. We absolutely have attained it. But then there's an element where Paul's saying, but I haven't yet fully grabbed a hold of it. Like I know God, but there's more to know. And my number one calling on my life is to continue to pursue God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength to know Him and to become like Him. Don't take your faith for granted. Don't rest on the laurels of the past. Faith is one of those things that it's a seed in the ground of our lives. And if it doesn't constantly get cultivated, it actually begins to wither and go backwards because it's a living thing. It's not like just a belief statement. It's a living relationship with God. And if we ignore this primary calling, we're either growing or we're going backwards. There's no standing still in this world. I mean, we can see this happen metaphorically in the scriptures that as the people enter the promised land under Joshua and they possessed heaps of it, but they didn't possess it all. And when their leader Joshua passed away, there wasn't another leader to take his place. And the people were happy with what they, the ground they'd already taken. They stopped pressing after their inheritance and they ultimately backslid and they end up worshiping idols and they end up being oppressed by the people they were supposed to overcome because because they, they, they took their faith, they took what God had already done for granted and didn't keep going after it. Even under King David, the Israelites, they possessed the most amount of land. They, they, they fulfilled, God fulfilled the promise of the land to them fully under David. They never possessed any more of the promised land than under David. They possessed it all. But after David, people took it for granted. And instead, they began to slip back and they lost territory that God had given them in another season. We need to have the attitude that Paul had. I press on. Not that I've already attained these things, even though in a sense we have, but I press on towards the upward call of God for the reason God grabbed a hold of me. This happens to us. If we're not careful, we settle, we become distracted, we rest on past efforts, on past devotions, on past prayers, on past intimacies, on past encounters with God. We even rest on previous generations. But that's not, what the, that's not the way for us who understand our calling. Our number one calling is to know God and to become like Christ. Just how beautiful is that? 
that we, our number one calling is to be in relationship with God. Our number one calling is to live well with Him, to abide in Him, to stay connected to Him, to know Him more and more. That's why the first purpose of the church is three purposes for us as the people of God, to worship God, to equip, and to reach the world. Our first purpose is to worship the Lord, to be in relationship with Him. That's more than singing. That's to live a life that gives that relationship worth. It's why our first calling, I talked last week about how we're called to be priests, prophets, and kings. Our first calling is priests. We're called to God himself, to minister to him, to know him, to live in relationship with him. I mean, at the moment, we've been promoting Curate College. And here's the thing, people can assume that's for people who actually, you know, I feel called into like church-based ministry like me or, or you know, want to work for a church or something like that. But it's, it's for way more than that. Like if you want to become a builder, that's like a four-year apprenticeship just to be at a place where we can sort of trust you to build a house yourself. If you want to become a plumber, it's the same thing. If you want to become an accountant, now it's three years at university, used to be four, then it's two years to get your charter. Well, following Jesus and knowing God is at least as, as worthwhile as, of, as those things. And it's at least as difficult to live well in relationship with God. It requires at least as much attention. What if we set aside one year of our life to study the Scriptures, to learn about them more, but as a way of pursuing that number one calling? Nothing to do with what we're going to do for a job, but maybe we're here. It's like setting a foundation. It's cultivating a seed that might become a strong plant for our lives. Or three years, it might be... And this, the, intentions not to do a college promo. The intention is to help us understand these things are worthy of our investment because it's our number one call. When I went through Bible college, there was people that didn't feel called to ministry like that in that way going through it. They just wanted to strengthen their relationship with God. They just wanted to live out their primary calling. Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 6 says this. I'm reading in the NLT version. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be a holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on, our, on us who belong to his dear son. Can you hear our primary calling in this? Can you see it? That before the foundation of the world, before you even, you know, were around or the world was around, God decided in advance that what he wanted to do was he wanted to bring us into his family. He wanted to bring us to himself. He wanted it and it gave him great pleasure to imagine a future where we would know him and become like him, where we'd be a part of his household and we would reflect the nature of our heavenly father. And so I just want you to see once again that we are called to God. Everything else is superfluous is secondary to our number one calling to know God, to know Christ, to know the Holy Spirit, and to be becoming like Jesus. 
And here's the thing, because all the other dimensions of our calling that we're going to turn and look at over the next few weeks, they actually all hinge on this primary calling. Your calling in your family, your calling in your work, your calling in your ministry, your calling in your good works, all of these other callings hinge off our ability to live out this first calling well. It's easy. I can often think this way. It's easy for us to think about what we can do for God, how we can get out there and serve Him and impress Him or do things with Him. But we must remember the most important thing is to know Him and to become like Him. God does not care so much about all the things you are doing in your life as He cares about who you are becoming. And there's nothing more transforming than being in relationship with God, being in intimacy with Him. Many years ago, uh, I was in worship and we were singing that song, Oceans, you know, is, is an amazing song. And, you know, we're singing that bit, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. I would sing, but it would, uh, there's nothing to mask it through this recording. So I'm definitely not going to do that. And, you know, it was singing about like going out. It's a song of faith. It's a song of God. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I trust you. And I, I was at the front of church. I had my hands up. I was singing my heart out. I probably even had a little tear coming down. You know, it's just like, God, whatever you've got next, whatever you want me to do, God, I, 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 I'll do it. I'll go wherever. Like just, you know, you have those moments of just surrender and, and faith. And then I hear the Lord speak to me. And, and the Lord just spoke and it broke through and it cut through all of that. And he just spoke this. He says, I'm proud of you. And then he said, I love you. I love spending time with you. And I, I, I realized in that moment that my, my sort of default is to want to do things for God. It's to want to go after it for God. But God's default is to want to draw us to himself first. God's default is to want to just be in relationship with us and let all things flow from there. It's what Jesus was talking about in John uh, 15, about just abiding in Him, that we need to be connected to the vine and that if we just abide in Him relationally, that's where the fruitfulness comes from. That's where the true good works come from. I mean, we know this in the natural, right? For anybody who's married out there or wants to be married one day, you would totally know this or has been married. You, you would totally know this, that we get married but and and. We know that it's about loving the person. It's about growing together. It's about knowing each other well. But then there's life and there's a lot of things happening. And it would be easy. You know, we can get caught up in earning money and setting up the next season and traveling. And then we can have kids. And, and uh, you know, then, then there's our house and our portfolios. And then there's just our life. And there's all of this sort of stuff going on. There's keeping up the, you know, the family Instagram feed and making everything look good. And as awesome as all of that stuff may or may not be, we know how sad it would be that if we arrived at the other end of that and we look at our spouse and after 20 years, after 30 years, even after five or 10 years, if we don't know them better, if we don't love them more, if we haven't grown together, it's sort of like, well, we've done all of the stuff married people do, but we haven't given our attention to the main thing. 
And sadly, and I know there's many people in our church, you've, you're becoming empty nesters or you've become empty nesters. And sometimes I was the last kid leaves and you look at each other and you're looking back and you're like, who are you? It hasn't just been us in so long if we haven't been fostering that in our marriage. And the same is true in our relationship with God. We can be doing things. We can be going to church. We can be, you know, all of the stuff. But if we haven't given our attention to the main thing, to know Him, to live in relationship with Him, to become like Him, we've sort of missed the point. doesn't matter what you do for Him doesn't matter the money you give for them. doesn't matter the people you reach for them. We can end up being like those people who came to Jesus and were like, we healed in your name. We prophesied. We cast out demons. And, and Jesus said, go away from me. I never knew you. You missed the point of what Jesus came for most. And he came for our heart. He came for our attention. He came for the relationship. The primary call is to know him and to become like him. And it determines our usefulness and all the other elements of our calling. So what does it look like to foster a life that knows Him? Well, it's cultivating, right? It involves planting seeds. It involves weeding out distractions. It involves dedicating time to the Lord. In the same way, if we want to foster a great marriage, we need time where it's just, you know, husband and wife. We need time when it's just us. Well, it's no different with God. We need time where it's just you and God. It's just me and God. It's, it's the distractions of the world are gone. The phone is turned off. Lord, you have all my attention. We pray, we read the scriptures, we sit in silence, we sit with the Holy Spirit. We become aware of Him. We get to know Him. It's time when we shut the rest of the world out. It's when we practice things like Sabbath and rest and we go, I'm going to stop doing for you, God, and I'm just going to enjoy you since that is like the primary call, the chief end of man. I think the Westminster thing says is like is to, to know God and to enjoy Him forever. It's like this is the primary call. All relationships in our life are not equal. Our relationship with God matters more than every other relationship. Does our time reflect that priority? What does it look like to put Him first? What does it look like to spend time with Him? What does it look like to tear down the idols that rise up around our lives of our career and even our families can become idols and, and other things like our money or pictures of success or adventure or recreation. It's amazing how much our heart's affection goes to things that aren't even secondary, some of them. Some of them are like, you know, whatever you would say is fourth or fifth or sixth, it's way down there. I heard someone say this, you'll never come second by putting God first. And I love that. It's like just when we put God first, when we put Him first in our day and we, we pray and we worship Him and we read His scriptures and hear from Him, when we put Him first in the week and we gather with other people to worship the Lord, when we put Him first in our finances, when we put Him first in our mind, when we put Him first in our decision-making, when we put Him first in our affections, when we put Him first, we'll never come second because we're entering the primary call of our life and we're fulfilling it and it brings life. I mean, listen to what Jesus said in John 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
This is eternal life. Sometimes we go, well, what's eternal life? Well, it's freedom, it's peace, it's joy, you know, it, it's, it's, all, it's love, it's all of these things. And it's true that these are elements of it, but these are the fruit of eternal life. This is the result of eternal life. These are literally the fruits of the Spirit. They're the fruit of the God life. But what is the essence of the God life? What is the first calling? What really is eternal life? In the words of Jesus, that they would know you the only true God in Jesus Christ who you've sent. True eternal life is just knowing God. It's being in relationship with Him, and it's that that bears the fruit. This word that they might know you is not know like know about. It's the Bible kind of knowing. It's like when it said Adam knew Eve, which is another way of saying they were sexually intimate, that they had intercourse. And so this word know in the scripture isn't like I know about or I can, you know, tick the right box in the knowledge of God. This word know is about an intimate connection. It's a relational term. It's to know somebody. It's sort of like, you know, between Katie and I, it's like we've, we've been married almost 17 years and, you know, we can be in a room full of people and I can look across and just by her face, I can know what's going on for her. Uh, I can know whether she's enjoying it. I can know what she's feeling because when you get that knowing and that's what God wants for us with Him, that we would know Him, that we'd know what He thinks, that we'd know what He feels, that we would live in this intimacy with Him. For that, we're going to have this attitude that the King David had, and he expressed in Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, he says, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Don't you love that? This one thing, not this many things, not this one of many things. You know, priorities, is the word always just used to be a, a singular, but we made it a plural priorities. It was just supposed to be the one thing. This one thing I ask, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Not that I might get things from God, not that I might do things for God, not that He might answer every prayer, but that I just might know Him, that I might see his beauty, that I might appreciate him and seek him out. Let's not play church curate. Let's not do religious things. Let's not just go through the motions. Let's seek after God. It's why our, one of our core values here is tikanga waido, a spiritual practice, because this is our, our value of fostering a life that puts this first calling first to know God and to become like him. It's why many young people don't make it in their faith. It's why many people, when they're having kids, they get distracted in those seasons. It's because we learn to do things for God and we've abandoned our number one call, which is to know Him. So we look religious, but we don't even have spiritual practices. We don't even have deep devotional lives. We can't even remember the last time we heard God's voice. That's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to live with Him in intimacy. Are you hungry to know him more? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty to hear his voice? Are you hungry to live in intimate relationship with him? If you are, turn that hunger into intention in your life because as you do, you'll be stepping into your number one calling in this world to know him and to become like him. In the house we just moved from, we've been there for 13 years 
we had this beautiful grapevine. It's it just stunning. It had like little white pebbles around it, sort of like Italian styles, and it produced amazing and many, many grapes. But 12 years ago, Frank and Diana gave us a little seedling, a little cutting from their grapevine, and we put it in the ground and we watered it, and then the next year it grew a bit, but there was no fruit, and the next year it grew a bit, and there was no fruit, and we pruned it, and we prioritized it, we didn't plant anything else around it, even when we renovated a bit of our house and rebuilt the fence, we protected it, we had all these things going on, but we gave attention to it, we pruned it, we were patient with it, we fought the birds off in the right seasons, we cared for it, and 12 years later, it just produced stunning grapes. Well, this is the call of God in our lives. If we cultivate the calling of knowing Him and of becoming like Him, it might just feel like a seed. It might just feel like a fragile seedling today. But as the years go by, it will grow in strength and it will produce more and more and more fruit. So if you dig deep in this season, if you fight for the priority of this calling in this season, it has the ability to bless you year after year, season after season, month after month. You know, different things may come and go, but if you cultivate your number one calling, watch it grow and watch it bless every other element of your life. Watch it touch every other element of your calling. That is why God calls us first to know Him and to become like Him. Mm -hmm.